Don't forget to sign up for the free online video-based Bible study with Debbie beginning October 10th, 2019. This is a six-week Bible study covering Debbie's book, The Gift of Prophetic Encouragement. You will also get access to a private Facebook group to interact with Debbie, and she'll be doing Facebook Live Q&A times. For more details or to sign up, look in the show description or visit debbiekitterman.com. Hi, I'm Debbie Kitterman. And I'm Brandy Kitterman. And we are here to equip you and challenge you to dare to hear the voice of God. Today we're talking about renewing the mind. And if I'm not mistaken, this is in response of last week's episode. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Last week, if you'll recall, we had um, our author, Barbara Kalachia, and she was on, and her book is titled The 40-Day Experiment, Achieving Intimacy with God. But what was all about um, taking every thought captive, and she shared with us about the one-minute test and about how um, taking those thoughts captive is a key to developing intimacy to mm-hmm. a deeper level with the Lord. And so okay. I thought that it would be good to talk about part of my teaching on renewing the mind and how important it is to renew the mind. Yeah, that's good. And so I want to talk about like Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 really talk about renewing the mind. And so I'm going to I'm gonna read this scripture and then we'll just kind of jump off from there. Is that good? Yeah. So it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will. And so it tells us that we're supposed to not conform, but be transformed. Right. And this word in the original Greek is metamorpho, which comes, which we get our English word metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. And what, what is um, metamorphosis? We usually talk about a caterpillar turning into a butterfly, into a butterfly. And it's this whole process of a caterpillar that has to go into this cocoon state that then has to fight its way out and it emerges into this beautiful butterfly. But the caterpillar can never fulfill its destiny as a butterfly if it doesn't go into this this state of metamorphosis. Yeah. And we have to do the same thing from our old man, our sinful life, our unsaved self, that when we come into the kingdom of God, that we need to transform and renew our minds so that we can come into the newness of what God has for us. And it all goes to renewing the mind. Fun fact. I I don't know if this is related at all. might become related. Okay. Um, When a caterpillar goes into its cocoon, it actually just kind of dissolves and becomes this goo and nothing is left except the brain. Oh. Yeah. And then from that, the brain is then reformed and everything transforms into the butterfly. So if you think about it, for one, I just kind of want to marvel at God's creativity there because that's insane. That is insane. You go into this cocoon and you become a non-existent goo and then you come out a butterfly. But there's this moment, I imagine this moment inside the cocoon where yes. there's nothing except goo and a brain. Mm, goo right? and a brain. Goo and a brain. Goo and a brain. That's just, they've got to wonder, like, what am I going to be on the other side of this? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think God kind of does that with us. Mm-hmm. Of like, 
Mm. We have to go through this state of being goo and a brain. That's good. And be completely transformed before we can come out the other side. Yeah. A new creation. That's so good. And that, and that is so good because I, it... Wow. Okay, I didn't know that about... about <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it's totally related, but if you, but, but if you think about it sometimes, like, like when we get saved, there's still things in our lives that are such messes that are gooey and icky mm-hmm. and sticky. And we still have the brain. We still have these old tapes. We still have this thing that plays over and over and over. But in order for the butterfly to really make the transition, it has to... It has to see itself differently. No longer crawling along the leaves, but flying yeah. in the air. Yep. Ooh, Brandy, that is so good. Thank you for that little piece of information. Yeah, there's a little nugget for you. There's a little nugget for those of you that are <laughs> listening and paying attention here. So we wanted to just, um, wow. I... <laughs> I'm not sure where to go from here. You have caused me to be... Speechless. No. <laughs> Maybe we should hop back on track of hop renewing the mind. Renewing the mind. So um, I like to say that there's three R's to mind renewal. Yes. Okay. So there's a renewed mind, a renovated mind, and a restored mind. Okay. Okay. So uh, a renewed mind, a renovated mind, a restored mind. So a renewed mind means it's actually being renewed. It's a continual process of being renewed. A renovated, when you think about renovating a house, what do you think about? Changing things. Changing things. But keeping the same structure. Yeah. So it's like this aggressive tearing out of some things. The old, the stuff to put in the new. And some of the framework stays. But sometimes you move walls. That's true. So so it can be this aggressive thing. And then, then we have the renewed mind, the renovated mind, and then we have the restored mind. And the restored mind is a mind that we have taken every thought captive, that we have submitted it to the obedience of Christ and that we begin to walk out in the things that God has for us. Now, there's this computer term. Maybe you've heard it, I'm not sure, but it's called gigo. Garbage in, garbage out. Garbage out. Now, this computer term was coined in the early generations by the pioneers, right? Because they people used to say, "Oh, these computers are so smart." By the computer pioneers. Yes, the computer yes. pioneers. Okay. Oh, did I say pioneers? You just said pioneers. I meant computer pioneers. It's yeah. all good. I think they know what you okay. meant. I just wanted to clarify. Just to clarify. Okay. So, but what they would say is that it, that computers are so smart and they can do anything and they can figure out any problem in the world. Right. <laughs> However, the computers are only as smart as the input that they're getting. Right. Which makes sense. So it's... Look at it this way. Okay. If you are asking the cal- calculator or computer mm-hmm. to solve 2 plus 2, but you put in 2 plus 3, mm-hmm. it's not going to give you the right answer. True. So it's only as good as the input you put in. Mm-hmm. And so we need to think about renewing the mind mm-hmm. like a computer. Right. Okay. We need to reprogram our mind. If our mind is like our computer, we're asking to reprogram the mind. But what do we need to be putting into the mind? I would... Scriptures. Right. Truth from the Word of God. Not truth as we see it and we know it, but truth is what God sees it and how God knows it. And so it's so important. Like there's this... um, There's this saying that says that two thoughts cannot occupy the mind at the same time. So you're either going to be in faith or fear. You're either going to have hope or discouragement. Like, we can't do this. So when you think about mind renewal, 
we all have these tapes, right? We all have these things from our past that just keep going around and around. And when we get into situations, they become runaway trains sometimes, right? Like the enemy is so good at whispering things to us like, they don't like you. Or did you see how they looked at you? And, and it begins to it begins to deal with our insecurities or if we have rejection issues, then it feeds into that. And we quickly grab a hold of that thought mm-hmm. that's in our head. And before long, all of a sudden it's, did you see how they looked at us to, oh my gosh, they hate us and we're never going to go and be in their presence again. Like, whoop. Like I think when Barbara was on, we talked about how in the early days before I understood about mind renewal, before I understood about the importance (laughs) of taking every thought captive, that um, you were just little. Like your brother was two, you were a baby, your dad was working, we lived in another town. It would take him 30, 35 minutes on a, you know, an okay traffic day to get home. And so I could give him a little bit of time, 45 minutes, but if it creeped past that 45 minutes like all of a sudden I went from he's on his way traffic was a little heavy to oh my gosh he ran off the road or he was in a car accident to he's dead and he's lying in the ditch bleeding everywhere and I'm gonna get a phone call I know it had escalated quickly it escalated quickly (laughs) and and it's funny because when I was talking to Barbara about this she said that she used to have those same things too Hmm. and think about how important it is for us to take those thoughts Active. I don't know if you remember this, but there was one night that you guys were coming home and I remember calling you. This was before we as children had cell phones. Yes. Um, but you had a cell phone. You were the only person in the house who had a cell phone. And I called you because I was like panicked. I was convinced you were going to die. Do yes. you remember that? I do remember that. And I think you did that one time about Poppy, my dad. I did, yes, yes, that happened as well. That happened as well. and That so, was more recent. That was more recent too. And so you, you think about when we get those things in there, we have to assess it and we have to say, because we're prophetic in nature, because God can speak to us, but also the enemy likes to plant things in our mind right. and he likes to see us go. And then what did it cause in you? It caused fear. fear panic. It caused panic. Yeah. It caused anxiety. It caused all kinds of things to rise up inside of you. And I was like, nope, we're good. We're okay. And you're like, are you sure? Are you sure? Because that that's just what the enemy likes to do. Yeah. He likes to get into our thoughts. Now, um, what we think on, we empower. Mm-hmm. So do we want to be empowering negative thoughts, no. negative stuff, the lies that the enemy feeds us or untruths, or do we want to empower the truth about whose God, God's word says we are? Do we want to empower that or do we want to empower these other things? And so that's the thing that I loved about um, Barbara's The 40 Day experiment because it was really about taking every thought captive. It was really about submitting it. Now we were talking about this episode and you had, you said, I'm not sure if this is true, but so I want you to share it with that. I do want you to share that. I do want you to share that. So I'm not sure if this is true, but I heard that, um, the enemy cannot read your thoughts, but so, so he doesn't have access to what is inside our minds until we speak it out loud. So if we never give voice to those thoughts, mm-hmm. he has no idea we're even thinking them. Now, I know like the enemy can... 
not necessarily implant thoughts, but like they, he can whisper things in the spirit, mm-hmm. which then become thoughts. Because if I were to say to you, blue, you're thinking about blue right now because you heard it. And, and in fact, everywhere you go, you're probably going to see blue today, like a blue car. Right. More than one. Right, exactly. And so that things ha- those things happen in the spiritual realm. Yeah. They can be whispered in our ears. That doesn't mean they were generated from our brain. Yeah. Um, but we don't have to give power to those. We don't have to give a second thought to those. We don't right. have to give voice to those. Exactly. And I think that's very important because mm-hmm. once we get into that territory of our words have power... Uh, because they do. Our words have immense power. So if yeah. we give voice to these negative thoughts that are um, being placed in our brains or that, I mean, sometimes our brains are just weird and they think of things and you're like, where did that come from? Right. That's awful. Just don't say it out loud. You don't have to say it out loud. You just move on. Yes. To be like, that's not a thought that's from God. I'm moving on with that. Which brings us that we probably should do an episode maybe at the beginning of the year about our words matter and the power of life and death being in the tongue. Maybe we should have dad as a guest. Ooh, that would be good because he... That story. Yo, his story would be that so That story. Good. Yeah, but will you be with us if I do dad as a guest? Well, he is my dad. I'm sure I'd find something to say. Okay, so <laughs> I don't want you to... Um, so there's two quotes that I want to give us and then I want to give us a scripture that kind of backs those up, okay? Mm-hmm. So the first quote is Norman Vincent Peale that says, change your thoughts, change your world. Okay, and then Ralph Waldo Emerson said, "Beware of what you set your mind on, because that is what you will surely become." Yeah, I mean okay. that's our focus. It is, and Proverbs twenty three seven says, "For as a man thinketh in his heart, so it is, so he is." And we need it, it's so important. Like I don't know, I always used to say this. I'm sure you didn't say this, but as I was growing up as a kid, I'm never going to be like my mother. I'm never going to be oh, like my no, mother. I don't think I ever said that. Oh, good. Whew. But I didn't want to be like my mother because, you know, there was growing up, we didn't get along. Now we get along fine. I'm totally fine. My mom is really spiritual. She's an intercessor prayer warrior. I mean, it's just powerful. And she knows that she's heard me talk about this. So I'm not saying anything that my own mother doesn't know. (laughs) But back when I was growing up, I used to say, I'm not going to be like my mother. I'm not going to do these things. I'm not going to control. I'm not going to be this. I'm not going to be this. And then I was so focused on it when I had you guys as kids that the very thing that I was afraid of becoming, I became. Yeah. Because I kind of was a control freak in your early years. Well, a little. It's okay. You can tell them the truth. Should I tell them about the Christmas tree? Oh, yeah. You should probably tell them about the Christmas tree because you know. (laughs) Okay. So every year, because, and this was your control, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) every year we go searching for a Christmas tree and instead of the children who loved picking out the Christmas tree, getting to pick out the Christmas tree, uh, what my mom would do is we'd have, (laughs) she'd have us each stand at a tree I would. She'd like go and pick like top four trees and station each one of our family members at that tree. And then so that she could come around and be like, I like this one better than that one. And then like narrow it down. And then, and then she would spend, I swear it felt like five hours putting ribbons on the Christmas tree. (laughs) Ribbons. 
And all we wanted to do was make a mess and put ornaments on it. And have your hot cocoa. And have our hot cocoa. We had to wait until she was done and with the ribbons to drink our hot cocoa. And sometimes it was the next day and I just gave you your cocoa. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Until one year. And then one year... The Holy Spirit started working on me about control. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Uh, we got to pick the Christmas tree. I feel like we probably picked a, picked a pretty holy one. You guys did. It was awful. <laughs> it was awful. It was a true test. It I'm was. sure. It was. I, I, like, I, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember it vividly because it was the lesson that the Lord was teaching me about <laughs> control. And so um, as we began to go out, I'm like, you guys are going to pick the tree. And your dad was like... Yeah, right. And I'm like, no. He's like, so do you like this one? And I, he, it was the Charlie Brownest Christmas tree I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, well, if that's what you all decide on, that's totally fine. I'm just here to be with us so that we can do this as a family. And you guys, we were walking and you're like, what about this one? What about this one? And I swear you were just like doing it to see how I would react. The term that you're looking for now is trolling. We were trolling you. You were, you were, tro- <laughs> you were trolling me. And, um, but I passed this test. I passed this test because I let you guys choose the tree. I didn't complain. I thought, what are they doing to me? But I was just like, I literally was okay. Like I was, mm-hmm. I wasn't going, Oh my gosh, they chose this. I thought, my family chose this tree and it is okay. It is the most beautiful tree ever. And I wasn't thinking like, I can cover it up with this. I used to be so bad. I would cut limbs off of the bottom and shove them in to fix the holes because I wanted it to be the perfect Perfect tree tree. in case somebody came over. And that's why I spent hours on the ribbon. Now here's what I remember though about that first um, year is that not the picking of the tree like that. I don't remember very much, but I remember (laughs) Coming home, getting the tree set up, and Jesse and I were sitting on the couch, just like waiting, because we knew you were going to do the ribbons. Yeah. And then you go, do you guys want me to do the ribbons this year? Yeah. And Jesse and I just kind of looked at each other, and we were like, what's happened? Yeah. What's, what's happened to mom? And so that was the first year we didn't have ribbons. And I mean, we haven't had them since. We haven't had them since. No. And that was also the year that you, I think you guys just put the ornaments right where you could reach sitting on the tree. And it, you weren't little. It wasn't like you were three and four. No, you, you guys were in middle school and I mean like fifth and eighth grade or sixth and eighth grade, something like that, you know? And I swear you did it on purpose. You just, like Jesse was sitting on the couch and he just put the ornaments right in the same area. And and I was like, can, can we spread them out? But I, but I, but I didn't move them and I, and I didn't. And we never put the ribbon on since then. And like I learned, I learned that, that control thing and letting go and yeah. that it was okay. And it was really how people would perceive that my tree wasn't perfect. Like it was a reflection of me or something like that. And that was probably the most freeing experience, but it had to do with taking every thought captive. I know you think we got on a bunny trail, but we didn't. Well, okay, maybe just a little one. Maybe a little, but it was a fun one, and you liked it, and you know it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it's good, and now you know just a little bit inside of our family, too. That here's the thing, is that even Eve and Adam in the garden, like, they heard the truth, but 
Satan comes in and he whispers lies. And so I don't know if it's really true, but I haven't ever heard anybody refute the fact that that the enemy can't read our thoughts and the things that are in our mind, but that he knows the words that we speak. And that's why it's so important. And our words do matter. Mm-hmm. And we will do an episode later on about yeah. that. But we really need to understand that what we think on, we empower. And as we're coming into the month of November, this is a month where we um, should be grateful and thankful and people really talk about that. And so I just really want to challenge us that we can come into this season and we can be doing a negativity fast, not just you know with the words that we speak, but mostly with the things that we think yeah. because we have to take every thought captive because it is so quick and so easy to judge people or their actions or their things instead of believing the best in them, especially when there's hurt and woundedness in us. And so we need to be willing to step up and to step in. And we need to be willing to do exactly what God has asked us to do, which is take every thought captive and submit it to the obedience of Christ. That means if we're not sure if it's a God thought or not, we're saying, God, is this you? And we submit it to you and we take every thought captive and that we empower what we think on, that we can literally change our world if we change the way we think about things. If you think I'm never going to amount to anything, then you're never going to amount to anything because that's what you've been thinking your entire life. But if somebody says, and I've heard people that have told me, my parents have said, you're never going to amount to anything. And then they said, but I knew that was wrong. I knew that couldn't be true. I knew that there was something out there that I was supposed to do. And so instead of dwelling on that, they dug in, they pushed through and they began to focus and find what it was that they could amount to something. And that was the thing that drove them. And I think we have to bring into balance though. So let me say we have to bring into balance, submitting every thought to the obedience of Christ, asking him, is this a thought from you? Should I be dwelling on this? Because it goes back to Romans 12 verses one and two that think on these things, right? And to not conform to this world, but transform by the renewing of our mind. And so that is what I wanted to talk about in relation to Barbara's book and what we talked about last week on that episode when I interviewed her. And then just really to encourage everybody as we're going in, um, we're going to transition into the month of November here in a few weeks, but begin to ask God about a negativity fast. I mean, totally think you should do a negativity of your words, but definitely a negativity of your you know fast from your thoughts and taking those things and and journaling about it that's what barbara's book is about was journaling about those things so yeah. anything else that you want to add for today's episode brandy i don't think so i think i'm good i think i'm i think i'm good too and now the whole world knows that i used to be a control freak and had issues but i was delivered and set free she's good now i'm good now totally good now i get to pick the christmas tree yep until this year, we got a fake one. Okay, let's talk. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> we don't need to talk We're about it. We're moving on. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to Dare to Hear the Podcast, where we encourage you to dare to hear the voice of God. I'm Debbie Kitterman. And I'm Brandi Kitterman. And if you guys were encouraged in any way, we would be honored if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And if you would mm-hmm. subscribe both to our podcast and our YouTube channel, or wherever you're watching, and leave us a comment. Absolutely. And those of you that are um, listening today, too, we are actually starting the 
free online six-week video Bible study with my book, The Gift of Prophetic Ooh. Encouragement. It starts on October uh, 10th slash 11th, and an uh, email gets sent to you, and then you have a week to do the stuff, and another one gets there, and I have a private Facebook group, and we also... I will do lives every other week in there answering mm -hmm. your questions um, that you present to me. And we just are going to journey through the gift of prophetic encouragement, hearing the word of God for others. And you guys should have all heard that it was on sale last month, that my publisher did this amazing special for the ebook. But if you didn't get it, it's okay. It's not too late. You can go to my website. You can get the book or you can actually go on Amazon or any online retailer and you can pick up the book and you can still join us uh, for the um, online Be the Gift. Yeah. Bible study. I gotta be honest though, if you missed out on that ebook option, it's really not that bad because if you order from debbiekitterman.com, you get a signed copy. Yes, you do get a signed which copy. Which is way better than an ebook, okay? Yeah. Listen, we, I'm a millennial and I love my ebooks, but I'd prefer a signed copy. Well, yes, and that and it, it's got a little more than just a, a signature on it too. So that blesses That's a people. surprise. That's a surprise. That's a surprise. I did I did let the cat out of the bag of what I did on our birthday episode. And oh, yeah, so did. yeah. And and then on another interview that I did and people were like, Oh, she's gonna do that? Well, I'm buying a book. So <laughs> But it was good. Like buy the it, book. <laughs> yeah, so buy the book. So anyways with that, if you want to um, submit a topic or you have questions mm. that you want us to answer, we are looking for you, the listeners, to send those topics into us. Or if there's yeah. somebody that you want us to interview, let us know. You can submit those at info at dare to the number here.com. And with that, we look forward to having you join us next week. That call